So we're in a white room in Toronto, Ontario. <laughs> With a dog. With a dog. Not a British person. <laughs> uh, should we start again? We've, we've just started again. Oh, yeah, God. Uh, this is This is exciting. It's like the second the microphones go on, the whole, the, just the whole, like we had a strategy. Yeah, the whole room changes. <laughs> like we had a we had a strategy. Hey, Steve. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. We're four days away. Five days away. What is we it? Are Sunday night. Sunday night. Monday, Sunday night. So Tuesday. you got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And we have. So that's five days. Friday is five days. Are we four days or five days? Well, it's actually after midnight. I think it's uh, 12.43 a.m. on Monday morning. So we are officially in the week of Fireside. We just finished our first draft of the schedule. Yeah, that's uh, that's done. That's um, four days sooner than we did it last year. The guest list and the cabin groups are almost done as well. We have all of our printing done. Also something we're four days ahead of. Oliver Swag done. Yep. Food order in. Yep. Oh, we spent we spent too much money on candy today. We spent a lot of money on candy today. What was your proudest candy purchase? Probably probably the Reese's cups. We did uh, the crate. Tom of, j- Tom just uh, Tom just gave us up. a look. No, you like the Reese's. You like the Reese's with the uh, with the little bits in there. The yeah, that, that's called the Reese. The Reese, uh, the Grand Mule, the, gra- the Grand <laughs> the Mule, the Reese's pieces. No, the uh, the tub of ring pops was also. I think those are good and well. Yeah, um, a lot of gluten free stuff. Lots of gluten free. I think stuff. we got some a good mix. Um, yeah, so that was fun. What else did we do today? We were in Barry for Illuminate. We, oh Barry. yes, yes, yes. We were in Barry for Illuminate Barry this weekend, which was amazing. Saw our friends out there. Um, the city of Barrie. Hung out with Liam from Tandon Park. Yes, Tandon Park doing very good things in the volunteer community. Uh, great platform they're building, and that's fun. They're coming do, fireside. Do we, sa- do we sound as unenergetic and tired as I feel yes, like we sound? I think we is sound... It, is it because we are very hey, tired? Yeah, I think I think that's probably why. You got to put some more pep into it. Okay. Hi, listeners. <laughs> this is Stephen from CFRB. Um, what you know? What I was actually listening to? Do, do you remember the uh, Bat Labels podcast? Of course, it's the only. Well, we we kind of joke about this quite a bit. That in two years of doing Fireside, we've gone to what one, maybe two talks. I don't think I've even been to a Fireside. Yeah, you well, know, that's what we say. We've never been to Fireside. It's just uh, we've done a lot of planning. And funny enough, this podcast was the only one I was actually at. This is the only session I've been to in two years. See, I wasn't at this session, and uh, we I listened to it in the car ride back. So, yeah, I listened to this. Aaron recorded this last year at Fireside. He did his talk, and I had no idea he recorded it. I found out on the truck ride home, and I listened to it, and it was it was sort of a, a it was a bit of a magical moment because it it was actually the first time, like even when I've sat and listened or watched the talk in two years even when i've been present for a talk maybe save and accept for jeff palver's talk 
last year. I don't think I've ever actually listened to one full through, or even if I've been present for one, I've never really been present for it. Is that too deep? No, that's fine. You get, you know what I mean. That's fine. Yeah, I gotcha. And then, and we we have this sort of cultural policy at Fireside of being disconnected and off the record, so that we can have open conversations. And so one of the drawbacks of that is we don't have recordings. Like most other conferences have recordings of all of the sessions. And then you can listen to them after. And if you miss them, who cares? It's by design, though. It's by design. Do you regret Do you regret not having recordings? No, no. But the drawback of that is we work an entire year to put together amazing speakers and an amazing schedule. And I've literally never experienced it. Wild. So in the car ride home, when I was listening to Aaron, and I was like, I was like, I had this holy crap moment because I was like, geez, this is an amazing talk. Should we say holy crap, Batman? Holy crap, Batman. Exactly. Like, I loved his talk. And it was, it was like this bittersweet moment of like, we actually put together an amazing group of speakers, but bitter in the sense that I, I also realized what I'd been missing. And right. I was so happy that we had a recording of this and that I could actually listen to it. And then that was kind of the, that was the impetus and the spark for us doing this podcast pavilion at Fireside, which was like, we have 48 hours where we're off the record and amazing discussions happen on account of that. But maybe we carve out two hours during the weekend and we bring some amazing podcasters up and we do live recordings so that we can we can save a sliver of that weekend of the magic of the weekend and selfishly so that we could like you and I could actually experience part of it exactly exactly all right so let's play it we got uh, Aaron Reynolds from the Bat Labels podcast our one and only audio recording from Fireside 2016 oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, uh, my name is Aaron, and I run the Twitter account, Bat Labels. Uh, does anybody follow me on Twitter? One, two. That's good. It's good, because then you won't have heard of me. Sorry. So, um, like all good superhero origin stories, uh, this one starts with tragedy. Uh, a year ago, I got really sick. Uh, I was so sick that I couldn't work. I actually kind of couldn't do anything except for watch TV, and go on the internet. And I had to find a way to not end up in some kind of like downward depression spiral. And so I don't into Yeah, exactly right, Netflix. Except I was making bad choices on Netflix. Um, there was the day that I watched Only Lovers Left Alive, followed by uh, Underneath the Skin, followed by uh, uh, Blue Ruin, and then Netflix just said, you know what you would like to see? Depressing movies where everyone dies. <laughs> and um, I didn't want to see that. I wanted, you know, <laughs> I wanted to survive. And so I threw myself into uh, Adam West Batman. And uh, Adam West Batman, if you haven't seen it lately, it is gloriously silly and funny. And yet the idea of it is, if you're a child and you're watching it, it's 100% serious. There's nothing funny about this. And as an adult, you get all these jokes that are delivered as if they are incredibly serious. 
And so I watched it, I watched three or four episodes today. It was great. Um, in the very first episode, there's a joke that, to me, is I think the, the funniest joke possibly in the history of television or movies. I know my sense of humor is really weird. Uh, so it was, uh, Batman and Robin need to look up something on a map. And Batman shouts, Robin, quickly, to the giant lighted lucite map of Gotham City. And they run across the Batcave to a giant lighted lucite map of Gotham City that says across the top, giant lighted lucite map of Gotham City. And I laughed so hard at that joke that I paused the show and I took a screenshot and I tweeted it. And then I started noticing that that is the primary running joke of everything in Batman. There is a giant label describing what this thing is, and then they say it out loud. Um, look, Robin, someone's driven the Batmobile to this rundown factory area. The Batmobile pulls up in front of a factory that is helpfully labeled Rundown Factory. <laughs> the loading dock says Rundown Factory Loading Dock. <laughs> so uh, every time that happened, I would take a screenshot and I would post it to Twitter. And after about a week, my friends started messaging me, and they said, Aaron, we know you're going through a really hard time. Can you stop it with the screenshots from that? And I said, no, this is my coping strategy. This is how I'm going to make it through. I'm going to give it its own Twitter account. So I registered the Twitter account uh, at BatLabels. Um, I did a Google search to see if anything would come up for bat labels, and it was all about making labels for your baseball bats, and so I was like, okay, this is great, bat labels it is. And um, I just started, you know, tweeting. I would watch, and I would tweet, and I would watch, and I would tweet. And people started following it, and it was fun, and there were like, you know, a few hundred followers. It was just like a, a really silly thing. And one of my friends, uh, my friend Justin, tried to convince me I should also be on Tumblr. And I really resisted Tumblr because my experience with Tumblr was, no matter where you are on Tumblr, you are less than two clicks away from seeing My Little Pony pornographic chips. <laughs> and, and so I didn't want to go there, but uh, I eventually I did. And one of the things I, I realized I really liked about Tumblr is it had this queue. You can put lots of stuff in a queue and let it parcel itself out, you know, slowly over a number of days. And I realized, you know, if I connected that to Twitter, I could just keep putting stuff there and then it would post all on its own, and instead of this thing where I post a little bit, and I'd get a few followers, and I'd post a little bit, and I'd get a few followers, now that I was posting every day consistently on a schedule, it was like this like snowball that started going. And so that was terrific. But then there was this other side effect. At one point, I had, I think, 100 days worth of content in my Tumblr queue, which is a testament to how much Batman I was watching. But uh, I realized that if something happened in the news, and I had something even tangentially related to it, I would just hop into the queue and I would get posts right at that moment, and it would just burn around the internet like a little wildfire and you know gather up a whole bunch more followers. And so that was that was terrific. And so I did that for you know a few months. One day, all hell broke loose. I was actually sitting having breakfast with a friend of mine, and I started getting so many notifications on my watch. There was so much vibration that a screw vibrated loose in my watch band, and my watch fell off. And so I said, Mike, we're having this nice breakfast, but can you pardon me for a moment so I can see what's happening on the internet? And I had suddenly uh, 10 times as many followers as I did. And in the aftermath, uh, when I looked at it, what had happened is I had tweeted something, and a friend of mine in the UK, who's, uh, who goes by uh, City John, 
By the way, his story on the internet is absolutely fantastic. So if you go look up at City John on Twitter, you can read the story. It is really a, like a real popular story. Um, he retweeted it, and someone who follows him, uh, Emily Lackdawalla from the Planetary Society, retweeted it. And someone who follows her, uh, Peter Segal from NPR, he retweeted it. And someone who follows him, uh, Will Wheaton uh, from Star Trek, who has 3 million followers on Twitter, he retweeted it. And then the whole internet. And I had, you know, this giant explosion in my life. And by the end of the day, uh, Bat Labels was featured on BuzzFeed in Australia. <laughs> but it was, it was still BuzzFeed. And then by the next day, it showed up in, uh, in the USA and Canada. Uh, and then it ended up on uh, Gizmodo. And it ended up uh, uh, very, it was a great honor for me to show up in the Great Job Internet uh, section of the AV Club. Does anybody read the AV Club? Yeah, I love Great Job Internet. I like all the internet garbage that shows up in Great Job Internet, and so I was honored to be amongst uh, that great internet garbage. And so suddenly with all these followers, um, there was this pressure from, uh, actually a lot of pressure from my wife. Uh, Aaron, you're spending a lot of time on the internet. Is there a way that you can make money from this? And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. You know. But whenever I looked at accounts that were similar to bat labels that had monetized themselves, they like got a lot worse, you know. Uh, there was one that I, I followed that uh, anybody follow One Perfect Shot? It's really nice. It just posts iconic single images from movies, like really beautiful shots. And for a long time, that's all they posted. Now they're about two thirds Amazon affiliate links. It's like I'm I put up with it, but I don't like it. And what I really didn't want to do was make a Twitter account that people just put up. With rather than you know, actively enjoy it. And so I kept thinking about things I could do, and all of them were gross or bad, or in some way or another, I looked at them and said, I would not want that, so I'm not going to do that. Uh, and then, one day, I posted a screenshot for Batman, of Batman and Robin being surrounded by the Penguin's goons, and they are all just wearing these plain black turtlenecks, onto which someone has stitched white felt letters that were inexpertly cut uh, that say pinch me. And a hundred people, in five minutes, sent me messages saying, where can I buy this shirt? So I was like, oh, the internet has delivered. Okay. Uh, so I texted my friend Xander, who's a great uh, graphic artist who does a lot of great work with uh, uh, typefaces and stuff like that. And I said, can you do something that's like a hand-lettered, sort of in the style of, but not a clone of, you know, but that looks like appropriately 60s? And he said, sure. And he started sending me these screenshots of his progress as he was drawing them. And I started tweeting them on the internet crazy for it. And so I asked the internet, uh, you guys have been so helpful so far, where should I get these made? Because I'm too lazy to do my own fulfillment. I don't want to get a bunch of shirts and then have to decide how many extra smalls I needed, and I don't want to have to mail them. I considered for a while getting my children to do that work. I pay them a small amount of money per package, but my children, I think, are as interested in doing that as I was. So um, it, everybody seemed to mention the same place, which was cotton beer. They are the best. I cannot more highly recommend them. So I'm preparing to reach out to Cotton Bureau to say, hey, like, can we do a thing together? And they reached out to me because they had seen us mentioned in the same you know, messages over and over again all day on Twitter. And I said to them, okay, well, this is what we want to do. Are you, on, are you into it? And they said, yes. When do you want to start? And I said, well, you know, how soon? And they said, we could do it day after tomorrow. And so I said, okay. Uh, I texted Xander. I said, can you have this artwork done by the day after tomorrow? And he said, it'll be done in an hour. I was like, yes, great. So less than 48 hours from us hearing the internet say, 
uh, we would like these t-shirts. Uh, we were selling these t-shirts. And we were excited, but we were also like kind of cautious about it. We're like, how many people are really going to buy these? Like, what are the engagement numbers and stuff like that? And so we had a goal in mind, what we would like to achieve over the two weeks that we were selling these shirts. We sold five times as many of that on the first day. And so the next thing I did was I took a vacation. <laughs> um, and when I went on vacation, I thought, I don't really want to just leave this all to the posting robot. I feel like something will go horribly wrong with technology if I leave. And so I reached out to uh, uh, an internet uh, friend of mine uh, named David, and I said, would you like to curate like a guest set of reruns for, for Battles? Because we had been, it was always new stuff. I never posted anything twice. And he said, absolutely, I would like to. So I sent him a folder with a thousand screenshots from Batman in it. And I said, go to town. Here's the passwords. You know, you can post for these two weeks. And I figured, running these reruns, I'm going to lose some followers. You know, people are going to see the same thing twice. You know, whatever, it's okay. And when I came back, I had 50% more followers than I have when I left. And so I realized that, um, you know, the thing about Twitter is it's really, like, transitory, right? Like, it doesn't stick around. If you didn't see it in that first five minutes, it's gone. And people were talking about these things as if it was the first time they had seen it. And for most of them, it was. And so I realized reruns have to be a part of how I do this. And so I ended up using an app called uh, Buffer. Uh, does anybody use Buffer? Buffer. Buffer's awesome. Good story. Yeah. And what's really nice about Buffer is it has uh, some really clever little analytics about when your audience is active and when you're active and what your interactions were like. And so I said, hey, Buffer, when should I post? And it told me when I should post. And I was just like, okay, done. Hands off. And it worked like gangbusters. Like it just, everything kept growing. We ran a second run of the shirts. We're actually doing a fourth run of the shirts right now, which is awesome. Um, and it just like, it just kept going and going and going. And so uh, we sort of ended up in this place where, and I think ever since maybe three months into this, I've been in a perpetual state of what's next. You know, and I was in this what's next place, and I thought maybe, maybe I'll try Vine. Vine is harder, it's videos, but they're only six seconds long. I don't know if I want to, but you know, okay, I'll try Vine. So I made a Vine account. I figured what I would do is I would post something, I would get some feedback from a few people on it, and then I would start sharing on the, uh, on the Twitter account if it worked out okay. So I made something, I posted it, I figured after dinner I was going to share it with a few people. I started cooking dinner, and I got this message on my phone, and it said, congratulations on a million views. And you're fine. <laughs> I said, but no, I didn't tell anybody about it. What happened? And so it turns out you can't do anything in secret on the internet. Um, Vine told anybody who had a Vine account who already followed me on Twitter, hey, this guy that you follow on Twitter also made a Vine account today. And they started sharing it. And their shares just went all over the place before I even had a chance to share it. And by the end, it had 12 million views. And Evan put this in perspective for me the other day. That's two years worth of human productivity. <laughs> so, so, if there's anybody here who follows me on Twitter, I am so sorry to your employer. You know, I'm sorry that I did that. Um, but anyways, um, after that, we ended up in uh, Twitter's uh, suggestions to follow in the onboarding process for new users. Uh, we ended up with a, a Twitter moment. Um, I still don't, does anybody understand Twitter moments? I don't understand Twitter moments, but I had a Twitter moment. Sure. Um, and then, and then this, is the, this is the really weird part. I went to Ottawa Comic Con uh, dressed in a henchman t-shirt, and my friend Chris was there with me, and he was also dressed in a henchman t-shirt. And somebody shouted to us and said, 
hey, do you guys follow bat labels? And Chris turns around and he says, I'll tell you, this guy is bat labels. And then there was screaming and hugs. And so I started having to cope with my personal space getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Um, that was definitely not the last time that kind of reaction happened. In fact, yesterday, I met Izzy. And as you figured out who I was, you shouted, oh my god, you're bat labels. And then you hugged me. And so I'm really good with hugs now. I didn't used to be good with hugs, but now I am. So then it became this thing of like, okay, now what? What can I do that I wanted to do uh, that I haven't really been able to do, you know, based on this. And so uh, my friend Chris and I had been toying with the idea for a, of a podcast for a long time. And we had recorded some segments, and they were never quite right. And we had this idea for an anthology. And, and, uh, and so I asked Twitter, I said, what do you want from me as a podcast if I was going to make a podcast? And Twitter erupted with, we want you to go see Batman versus Superman and tell us what you think. And I... I did not want to see that film. I had no interest in seeing it. I was going to avoid it at all costs. Chris was trying to make me go see it. Uh, but the internet asked, and so we went to see it. And uh, we recorded it, and we posted it as a podcast uh, with a very devilish cliffhanger right in the middle. Uh, we're getting ready to go into the theater and tell everybody what we thought about it, and that's the cliffhanger for part one. Uh, but anyways, I got a text message uh, a day later after we posted it from a friend of mine who I hadn't seen it in a while, and it said, holy shit, your podcast. And I said, oh, did you, did you like it? Thank you. And he said, no, I didn't listen to it. And I said, oh, so what's the, what's the holy shit part? And he says, it's in, it's in the top 20 on iTunes. I said, it's not. It's not in the, no, it was in the top 20 on iTunes. And I was like, eh, okay, sure, okay. So we posted the second part where we actually get in to see the movie, and we cracked the top 10. We ended up, uh, peaked at number seven. And so, okay. We did okay, you know? And so um, it was interesting because what I didn't realize was going to come out of the podcast was like interactions on Twitter, these short little you know, snippets, 140 characters. And the podcast turned into this place where we had long conversations, essentially sprouting out of conversations that we were having on Twitter. And people really dug it. And what started happening is we would do things like... Uh, uh, on the 50th anniversary of the Batman 66 movie, we actually ran a live stream where it was a live audio commentary because it had just shown up in Netflix uh, in the USA and Canada, so everybody could watch with us. And Twitter had spent a couple of days submitting questions for us to answer during it. We also had a call-in show. We had a number where they could call us and talk to us. And um, we had a hashtag that we were following where, where we would answer questions. And it was a crazy evening. Um, and about 15 minutes in, uh, Netflix went down. Now, I don't think that, maybe, I don't think that was us. But it could be us. <laughs> and that was really exciting. Um, and so, um, one of the other fun things that happened was, uh, does anybody listen to Reply All? Yeah, yeah all right, Reply All, right? Uh, so there was an episode where uh, they talked to Adam West on the phone in the Yes, Yes, uh, I know segment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? I was like, I was like, wow, I got mentioned on this thing. And I got mentioned in the same, you know, uh, the same breath with actual Batman, Adam <laughs> which is the best thing ever. And so um, they talk to him and all this stuff happens. And about two days after that, I noticed Adam West is following me. Wow. He follows him. He, he follows under 100 people. Uh, he follows me. He follows Donald Trump. 
Uh, but, you know, okay, it's, it's, he follows me. So, um, uh, and so I was like, well, you know, where do I go from here? And so last weekend I had this uh, great opportunity to uh, meet Adam West at Fan Expo in Toronto. And as I'm trying to introduce myself in like 10 seconds that we have, he says, well, I know you, you're from the internet. <laughs> and then I realized, actually, that's what I should have called this talk. <laughs> that's Aaron Reynolds from the Bat Labels podcast last year at Fireside 2016. We can't wait to see everyone in just a few short days. 